Hey, Chad here, co-host of The Hillbilly and the Hipster. And I want to let you know that this episode's been brought to you today from the makers at St. Galgano Armory. And I encourage you to visit their Etsy store to order blacksmith merchandise. And you can do that by going to etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And Galgano spelled G-A-L-G-A-N-O. And a portion of all proceeds are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I want to let you know that if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll receive 10% off. And this is some great veteran-forged, made-in-America stuff. I mean, I'm really looking to order myself a couple of these bottle openers and rebar and railroad spikes. So check them out. Again, it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll sub yourself 10%. Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool. And join with me, as always... Does that make sense as always? But it's my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy? I, as always a lot. I don't know if it's proper English, but let's be honest. It, it works for this. 90% of what I say ain't proper English. That's right. It's work. It, it's working. We'll go with it. Andy, what's, what's going on down there in the in the Commonwealth of Kentucky? Well, um, breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. This might be our last episode because I have just been informed through a text chain of my colleagues that there's a good chance we're getting blown off the earth tonight with all the storms coming through. Well, Andy, I love you, but this podcast won't end. I'm pretty sure next week I could get Bryce to fill in. Well, that's hurtful. (laughs) But you're not wrong. (laughs) Shout out, Bryce. Friend of the show. Then it would just be the, well, no, it'd still be the hillbilly and the hipster. Yes. He's from Alabama. Only this time I'd be, I'd be the sole hipster. You'd be the sole hipster at that point. That's hurtful. I'll take it. <laughs> Only because I love Bryce, but that's hurtful. Oh, man. How's your week been? It's been good. It's been busy. Uh, just a lot of meetings, church stuff. Um. Just trying to get, trying to keep busy. Um, my my mom died Saturday. Bring out the damper on the show on a very special episode. No, my my mom died, and and I, you know, I don't know if it's part of this. You know what we what I do. You know, being in ministry. I mean, I have a probably a different view on death, and I and I think grief is different for everybody and and how you yeah. grieve. But you know, my mom never. My mom never wanted any kind of funeral memorial service. So the hard part is to try to explain to people, well, why isn't there going to be anything? Why right. aren't you going back home? I'm like, because there is there isn't anything. There's, because she, it doesn't matter what, what they want. It matters what they want. Right. This is what she's wanted since I could remember being a little kid. So it's made things a little a little strange this week, but I've been busy. So it's 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 been a good it's been a good week. Well, you know, sorry to hear about your mama. 
you know, we've been, we've been, I, I've known that's not news to me, um, but you know, we, we've been praying for you. We love you. So, um, and now I feel like anywhere I go, I'm going to sound like a jerk. <laughs> You're going to start with that. I'm like, well, let me tell you what's going good. No, I'm going to be the jerk because every time you say, every time you start saying, hey, I did this, I went to Chili's tonight. I'm like, really? My mom died, Andy. <laughs> so I'm the one that's going to, I'm the one that's going to sound like a jerk. And I, and I do, but I, I just, you know, I, 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 I'm at peace with it. You know, I, I know how death works and I, I think I grieve differently probably than the average person. And I, I, to me, I'm more of a, I think I'm more of a inward, inward focused griever and, and I got to do stuff. So I'll admit when, when I knew when my brother called me Saturday night to tell me, I just still went and took my concealed carry class that I had scheduled because I just needed to do something and get in, get out of the house. That that seems like a legit way to grieve. Like, are you sure you're not moving to Kentucky? <laughs> I'm home, brother. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I, I get that. I, when, when Memal died, uh, when it first happened, like I was just a mess and then it was, okay, let's, let's make sure we're busy because I don't want to, I don't want to process it because I don't want to realize it. Sure. Uh, and so, which made the funeral 10 times harder because like, you know, people from high school and, and old friends were coming to the funeral home for the visitation. And so, like, we're sitting there laughing and carrying on because that's what my mom would have wanted. She didn't want a sad thing. Right. Right. And then the funeral came and I'm still laughing. And then you do that last pass by. And it was like, oh, this is what I've avoided. Yeah. So, yeah, we all we all grieve different. and And so... We'll eventually get out of this this heavy part of the podcast, uh, but grief is important to deal with. Regardless oh yeah, you can't bottle it up. Is, don't don't bottle it. You gotta you gotta find an outlet. You know, I, I'm blessed enough, and I'm gonna go ahead and say you're blessed enough to have somebody that you can, you know, when you need to, you can call and and get it off your chest. I mean, mm-hmm. Bryce, right, Bryce? Because I don't care. <laughs> But how many times do I call you through the week and I'm like, bro, you gotta listen to this. <laughs> I mean, so we all have you have Bryce, I have you. <laughs> You're not available. I have Cedar. <laughs> Love you, Dr. Wife. <laughs> well, I just want to say this about grief. Like I something I've learned in ministry, and I, I don't think this is necessarily pertinent to pastors or ministry leaders, but sometimes um helping someone grieve. Um, the best, the best thing you can do is just be quiet and and sit with That's them. Why you don't come to me because I don't know how to do that. Well, we don't. It, it's it's human nature, right? We want to. We want, especially as men, I think we want to fix or rectify the situation, and so we want them. We don't want them to sit in their grief. We want mm-hmm. them to feel good, and I think we could do damage to folks that are grieving by trying to to lift them out of it. Now, I, I do think there's too much grief and if you've been sitting in grief for an unhealthy amount of time that requires something else but in that moment um just grieve with them just you know what it's okay to just sit with them um you don't you don't you know you could say the simple i'm i'm sorry for your loss or you know as much as some of the best things people told me 
last Sunday after church was, I, I don't know what to say. And that was still comforting. You know, you I know, don't have any words. The most awkward thing that I can remember, and I've done it, and I kick myself every time I do it. You know, you're walking by the casket at the funeral and the family's standing there. Uh-huh. You hug them and tell them you love them and you're so sorry. And then you look at them dead in the face and just, how you doing? Oh, yeah. That's my biggest. There's something about being a pastor that we suffer from foot and mouth disease. Yeah. A lot. And it's that instant, I know I shouldn't have said this. And I think they see the blood drain from your face. Yep. And you're like, I just want to get, I just want to go. I'm like, hey, how are you? I know. I think the funniest thing, when when my dad died, right? Um, that's a whole podcast in itself. Mine and on my dad's relationship. On a very special hillbilly and a hipster. Especially Andy sussed through 30 <laughs> years of, of agony. No, um, like, and so there were a lot of people in his family that had no clue who I was. Mm. And so, you know, people like, oh, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm your nephew. Or I, you know, I... I I'm his his son, and they're like, "Oh, since when? I don't know, about 1984, somewhere around November 19th." Uh, they're like, "Oh, well, how you doing now?" I don't know. I waited three years to meet the man, and then five years later, he kicked it, and he's laying in a box. How you doing? Like, what, yeah, how do you think I'm doing? What do you want me to say? Like life speechy, and I can't wait to go out and. You know, uh... <laughs> Here, here's my dog kicker right you know why don't you just go ahead and punch my newborn in the face <laughs> oh my gosh On a good uh, i got to uh i'm gonna go ahead and change the subject because i can get so many dark jokes on this and it's gonna get us all in trouble um we're already in trouble <laughs> yeah we're already in trouble learned that last week um i i got to teach this past sunday oh yeah how'd that go it went good. It went good. There was uh, a good number of students there. Uh, they didn't revolt in the middle of my my teaching. And then I uh, I had lunch with one of the pastors today just to <clears throat> chit chat and talk about some things that are going on and uh, for, that I can help around in. And uh, he said, "Well, you know, a lot of the the kids that are in that class are actually on our praise team." Which is what I one thing I love about the church that I attend is uh, about two thirds of the praise team are in middle and high school. That's kind. Of, that's kind of awesome. It no, there's no kinda. It is. Yeah. No, I dig that. Um, and so, you know, he was asking like, "So, what'd you think?" And they were like, "No, it wasn't bad. It was good. It made me think." So I I appreciated that. I don't make people think often. So. Well, you do. I don't not smart think. <laughs> you make them think, what's wrong with this man? <laughs> I make them think that man, they should probably pray for his wife. He has children. <laughs> man, so speaking of kids, we'll eventually get into the topics, I promise. Um, so tonight we go to Chili's because we're middle class Americans, and that's what my kids wanted for dinner. <laughs> um, so we went to the Chili's. And they got my order wrong, so it took forever uh, to get our food, or my food at least. And uh, we come home, and I sit down in my recliner, and I'm just sitting here. My youngest goes to get in the shower. My oldest uh, got ungrounded today, so he flopped to the PlayStation. 
Cedar is outside, doctor wife, somewhere upstairs. And my youngest gets out of the shower and unbeknownst to me, um, and if, if there are kids listening, earmuffs. Um, he comes down the stairs, like, and, and you know, man, you, you know, my youngest, like, he doesn't walk softly. No. Like, Ray, deaf people could hear him coming. Hearing impaired, Andrew. Hearing impaired. That's what I said. Um, anyway, like, somehow he gets all the way down the stairs, goes through the kitchen, and comes up beside me without me hearing him and screams. Who's scared and, who? And grabs me. And I scream slash yelled and like swung. I almost hit him. It's my fight or flight mechanism. Um, to the point that I yelled so loud and deep, he thought he was in trouble. <laughs> and so like he's panicking and I lose all track and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. It'll be fine. Um, and I said, you're not in trouble. You just scared the shit out of me. Now we're going to have to put an expletive warning on the I, podcast. And then he goes upstairs and Ashley goes, Dr. Wife goes, what was that? And he looks at her, he looks at her and goes, I was scared shit out of dad. He's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so... <laughs> So now I just apologize for my language. <laughs> um, you could send all your uh, disgruntled requests at to hipsterpod at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, but I think while it was inappropriate, it was funny. So it was worth a share for me. Oh, it is. But I, mean, I, I yelled so loud and jumped that one, I couldn't breathe for a second. Um, like I struggled to find oxygen. It's like I ran a marathon. That's how bad my breathing was. And my watch went off immediately and told me I needed to calm down. Oh, your Apple Watch? Yeah. You're having a heart attack. Like if I had a new regeneration, um, EMS would have been called. They would have called 911. You know that there's a there's a thing with there's a bunch of people out here in Colorado who have those new the new watches, and as they're skiing and snowboarding, it's calling the emergency services for them because it's the, it thinks they've fallen and so there, there's an abundance of false alarms in the uh in the mountain towns um because they think that they think they've fallen so they're trying to find some way to either you know to not ignore every apple watch call or to try to find some way to to make Fair. it more realistic i've had a couple of times when i was at Hymera that my watch told me I needed to chill that my heart rate was too high. Oh, it's always happened to me when I had an Apple Watch when I was preaching. Yeah. Like it would start yelling at me like your heart rate and I'm like it's and the I, holy ghost it ain't me. And I'm not an excitable guy like there are times that I'll get it. But like I'm not the guy that's the, I'm not Pentecostal at all, let's put it that way. I'm not charismatic. I'm not going to run around and yell and hoot and holler, but you know, I guess there are times that my watch thought it was so. I do it sometimes. I mean, it. I I really have to be in it. Well, Andy, uh, I think the funniest thing I was told was Jason Starr back at Agape. Shout out, I, friend of the show, Jason. I hope he's a friend of the show, friend, personal friend. He uh, he was running sound, and I was preaching that day, 
And at the end of it, he said, man, he goes, you really messed up. And I was like, well, thanks. I appreciate that. He goes, I kept waiting for the old-fashioned Southern Baptist altar call to come out and about. And I was like, well, maybe next time. Sometimes, but, sometimes they're still good. It is. So now that I've interrupted you, what you got for me? Because I think I'm excited for it. Hold on, Andy. You um, hear that? No. Well, no. hopefully the others did, but I just popped the top on my Tapo Chico with my bottle opener from St. Galgano Armory. Shout out St. Galgano Armory. Which brings me to my next point. This show and many shows that you've already listened to of ours, assuming you listen to multiple shows of ours, uh, is brought to you by the makers at St. Galgano's Armory. You can find them at their Etsy shop uh, where they make blacksmith merchandise. It's very authentic. Um, he just used a railroad spike bottle opener. I have said railroad spike bottle opener as well. Um, there's uh, some other styles of bottle openers. There's hooks, um, knives, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, he's starting to heal a little better, so more stuff is coming. Um, but again, we just, you know, we encourage you to check him out and are so thankful for his, not only his sponsorship, but his friendship and his encouragement to our show uh, and to our lives personally. Absolutely. So, shout out Keith. Yeah, shout out Keith at St. Galgano. Um, so you can check him out at his Etsy shop. Chad, hit him with the shop. It's Etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And Galgano is G-A-L-G-A-N-O. Um, I know you could reach them on most of the sociables. They're on Twitter, at St. Galgano Armory. I believe Instagram's the same handle, St. Galgano Armory. But um, if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll save yourself some cash. And that um, is through the end of the month. Yeah, and so there's some there's some really great uh this is a you know American owned veteran forge, some really cool stuff. Rebar bottle opener, railroad spike bottle opener. I've got the railroad spike hooks in my office at the church. It's really cool stuff. Uh another another awesome thing about about this company is a portion of every sale goes back into the community. Um a portion of every sale gets donated to uh, a local parish here in Owensboro, uh, and they funnel that back in to the community, and they're doing some really good things. He had, when we had him on a, a few episodes ago, he talked about um, the baby drop box, you know, those safe haven drop boxes. Yes. Um, and so part of the proceeds from that uh, went to purchase and install that here in town. And after we had that, after we had that discussion with him, I, I'd seen in the news that, um, the first baby had been deposited in one in Kentucky, yeah. just like right after we had that discussion. Yep. No, that's, it's pretty cool. So it's, it's exciting stuff going on. So I just, I encourage you not only to, to check him out, but, you know, pray for him and his business um, and, and for his, his recovery that he's going through right now. Um, you know, I'm sure he would appreciate it. We would appreciate it. Uh, so good things are coming from it. So, Andy, I know it's NFL Combine time, which means it's the unofficial start of the NFL season. And I've decided. Wait, before you start, can we? I get that the NFL is one of the most popular sports in America. 
but it is baseball season, sir. Oh, and I know. So I know we're it gonna, is. We're going to get to what you're going to talk about in, in just a second, uh, because I'm actually excited for this topic. Um, I know I owe you lunch from the NFL playoffs, um, and it really it slips to my mind. It's not that I'm I'm not going to do it. I just am not smart. But let's, <laughs> let's be honest. I, I don't know that gambling is appropriate all the time, uh, but I'm I'm a diehard Braves fan, lifelong. I was convinced at the age of like four or five uh, because I played third base for my minor league team called the Braves, and the third baseman at that time got hurt, and they were talking about calling up a third baseman uh, from the Braves minor league system, and so I just assumed that I was going to get a phone call. So I waited, my my five-year-old self waited by the phone you, that hung on my grandma's wall. You thought you were going to replace, you were going to uh, fill in for Larry Jones? Uh, no, it was, it was pre-Larry. It was nah. pre-Larry. It was like Bob Horner, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was so disappointed. But ever since then, diehard Braves fan, um, you, you tend to root for the, whew, that other team from New York that isn't the the evil empire. It's like the evil empire's stepbrother. Uh, now it seems that way. Yeah, now it seems that way. They they can't stop spending money. I, you know, I I don't have a lot of money, but and I don't need a lot of money. But if I could just have enough money that I could just spend it like the Mets have, that seems like it'd be fun for a day or life. Um, you root for the Mets. Um, I do. I pray, I, pray, I pray for your salvation daily. Um, there are a lot of things in life I think I don't know that Christians can do that. Um, and somehow you you shocked me because I didn't know that a Christian could be a Mets fan. You gotta um, believe. It's almost uh, the, the only thing worse I think is a Philly fan. I'm trying to think. I might be the only Christian I know who's a Mets. I don't know. Well, I'll take that back. No, I do know. I do know. I do know a few folks back east. Um, I'm who joking. Are ca- who are Catholic? I don't know any Protestant Mets fans. Let's I'm put sure it that way. But so y'all, y'all did a nice choke job last year. Oh no, we 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 didn't do it. We we were the Mets. You you definitely met it. Um. So let's make a wager on the NL East. I, okay. I, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll put a poll on Twitter on what this wager should be. Okay. We'll talk about it off and then we'll put the poll up, but there needs to be some wager on the NL East on if the Braves or the Mets win. And if the Phillies win, we'll both cry together. It'll be a push. Uh, it'll be a push, but so we can get back to football, but it is not the unofficial start of football because football is dead. For a little while, right now it is we're we're the World Baseball Classic starts next week. I'm pumped. Uh, and actually, if you're listening to this on the day that this drops, it the World Baseball Classic starts tomorrow. Yeah. So there's that. Um. Anyway, back to the original topic. Sorry about that. So I, you know, I've been watching a little bit through the playoffs, and I haven't really pulled for an NFL team for a really long time. I. Uh... I will fully confess, I, I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> grew up in the shadow of Giants Stadium, but I was a Cowboys fan. 
Um, but I thought I'm I'm looking for an NFL team to support. Okay. I I've enjoyed watching some of the, the playoff games, and so I I've thought in all the states that in and you know in all the states I've lived in, I could go back and look at some of those teams. The uh, you know go back to being a Cowboys fan. I mean I live outside of Denver, so the obvious choice would be for me to be a Broncos fan, and I would be the worst Broncos fan because I would be the one who's like this team is absolute trash, and, and I and I would be the one who would just be like, you know. I, I, um, you know, we have, uh, I had some ties to Indiana state football. You know, I, I got the chaplain a couple of spring practices and stuff. And, uh, with a friend of the show, Roger bear back right. at Indiana state. And so there's an Indiana state player that's on the roster. Um, yeah, you know, oh, and yeah. so I feel about, you know, that that's a draw, but I'm going to tell you that the team I'm leaning towards, I mean, here's a short list, right? It's been the Bengals. Because I've always liked the Bengals, not just because they're winning now, but I always like them. I mean, the Broncos, for obvious reasons, um, just because of where I am and where I minister and all that stuff. But here's the team I'm leaning towards. The Arizona Cardinals. And now you're silent. I did not see that coming. I told you. So, so here, here's why. The Cardinals are they're the oldest team in the NFL. Are they? Yes, when you go back to their history, they were the um they were oh, the St. Louis Browns at one point. They were the St. Louis Rams, but they started oh, in Chicago. Rams. Not the Rams, the um they were the St. Louis Cardinals. Or the Chicago Cardinals and then moved to the St. Louis Cardinals. They then- they were actually a different they had a different mascot in Chicago. They had a different name in Chicago. They weren't the Cardinals, but when they went to St. Louis, they were the Cardinals. And then they were in St. Louis up until they left St. Louis, I don't know, in the 80s, early 90s. Football team. It's uh and then yeah, then the Rams moved after the Cardinals. The Rams moved to St. Louis after the Cardinals. But yeah, that's um that's what I'm leaning on. Now I think if we put this out as a poll, so if you want to help me decide which NFL team, I think Keith at St. Gagano Armory is gonna tell me Detroit, which isn't a which wouldn't be a bad thing. I I I only lived about an hour from Detroit for a while. I'd be down with the Lions. Well, Paul did say, you know, or, you know, suffer like Christ. So you could be a suffering Lions fan. And that's what I do with all my sports teams. So, man, there's a lot to unpack. Um, so give me a second to suss this out. <laughs> One, if you want my opinion, and I know you don't. You want me to go to the Giants? Come home, brother. <laughs> You grew up in the shadows of Giant Stadium. You rooted for Lucifer for the longest time. Repent and be saved. Well, you know, for the longest time when I was on Twitter before, um, Twitter assumed I was a Jets fan because it kept putting, because I liked the Mets, it kept putting the Jets and the Islanders in my feed. So I was like, maybe I should just be a Jets fan. You know, they'll get Aaron Rodgers and it'll burn out for a year. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. But, uh, so, uh, you know, I think you should go Giants. Other than the Arizona being old, um, why? I mean, they're not for, that good. There's not a huge fan base. I, I I live sort of in the geographic region. Oh, yeah, I live in the, you know, I'm a big Alabama fan because I sort of live in the Alabama. Shut up. That's a horrible <laughs> reason. You can't say that. 
By the way, uh, for a friend of the show, Bryce, I am not an Alabama fan, War Eagle. Actually, just go UK, I guess. But not not a Bama fan. <laughs> but but it, for a time, I rooted hard for the Cardinals because they had David Johnson. And, you know, I'm a Homer UNI fan, so. It was Kurt Warner. You know it. Oh, and I do love Kurt Warner. My goodness, that man. I tried to get Dr. Wife to name our first son Warner. And she wasn't having it. So we went Sun Trust. <laughs> but uh yeah, Arizona. So that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah, I'm not a big Kyler Murray fan. So that that's a strike for him. Um I mean, because I could be contrary and just be a Chiefs or Raiders fan and live here and just you know, I have a I have a guy as a church member and every Sunday during NFL season he struts in. He never st- he never comes on time. He always starts like maybe the he always comes into church about the second or third song is playing before I'm preaching, and he comes strutting in in full Raiders gear, hoodie, hat, just sits proudly in the aisle. He's gonna get shot. <laughs> so my oldest would be excited if you were a uh, Chiefs fan because he loves Patty Mahomes. Um. Yeah, no, my vote is for the Giants, not Arizona. So there's that. Well, I'll put this out to the uh, the faithful, the hillbilly and the hipster nation. Um, you have your your you can throw your hat in the ring or your vote in into it of of which NFL team I should support, and you can uh, We're tweet at. So- you could tweet us at at it's at Hill Hipster Pod is our handle and use the hashtag Chad needs a team. What are the chances that the New York Football Giants? What all sports teams have we talked about? Like legit talk. So we got the Giants, we've got the Braves, we got the Mets, uh, the Arizona. Co- what 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 are the chances one of them come on and like become a second sponsor? Or at least acknowledge, not even sponsor, but acknowledge that we exist. Because that would be sweet. I think it's slim to none. Oh, I do too. But man, if the Braves were to like retweet this, and and I I think I would stroke out. I mean, I think I would if Mr. Met retweeted it. I would cry. If Mr. Met acknowledged our podcast before <laughs> Blooper did, I would cry. I mean, Mr. Metza, he's a good wholesome. He's got a wife. You know, he's living a a good life there in, in Flushing. If that you send me if Mr. Matt doesn't scream good wholesome, sir. It screams Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Come on. That is my favorite one that I go to all the time. The Mr. the bloody Mr. Matt bludgeoning it, himself with a bat. Anytime. Anytime the Mets lose to the Braves or something like that, I anxiously await that text. You know it's coming because I have it saved. It is my favorite, and I look forward to it. So, Besides, you know, Spider-Man's a Mets fan. I don't like Spider-Man. So, good for him. He's not real. All right, so that's the thing. If you use the hashtag, Chad needs a team, if you have a an idea for an NFL team for me to support? I don't know. It might be, I might be the Arizona Cardinals, and I may just lose interest next year. 
Oh man, this we've taken a step back. So I, uh, I'll tell you this. I, I used to work for this gentleman, and, and every year, a start of the NFL season, start of the of Major League Baseball season, he he was a huge gambler. He'd go to Vegas, and he'd lay a early season. You know, he'd lay a, a preseason bet on every NFL team to win the Super Bowl. And so some of the odds were amazing, right? Some of the odds were basically like two to one, especially the Pat's Tom Brady era. Um, and so, and then we had a raffle for him. And so the one year, the year that the Carolina Panthers went to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton, I had the Panthers. So I got to tell you, I was a Panthers fan all year because they were like 30 to one odds or some, like if it, I, I remember that if they won the Super Bowl, I'd have gotten like $6,000 and you, and you could keep it you know, whatever, you know, he didn't want anything. It was ours to, to let it claim. So I was a, I was a Panthers fan for a season. <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Bandy, you want to, I mean, down there in Kentucky, right? We, we've heard the stories about the revival that started over there a little bit West of you or East of you rather. Not e- not West. Mm-mm. No East. Very East. Yep. In, uh, in Kentucky at Asbury university. And something happened, uh, you know, it's it's not, it's probably about a, a week or maybe two weeks now. Um, it's over. The revival's over. Yeah, so um, I heard that. And then when I heard what happened, I thought it was fake. Like, it, you know, I assumed I was reading like a Babylon B or something like that. So I was I was shocked to find out that it was real. I mean, they were getting, you know, thousands of people were going, showing up. I mean, I, I, I saw pictures and heard stories, you know, the lines to get into the chapel were, you know, hours and wrapping around. And I believe it was the administration of the school decided they were going to move the location. And they never really revealed where the location was supposed to be. And I, the name of that town escapes me in Kentucky, where Asbury University is. But yeah, if you wouldn't have said that, I could have told you. But now i got to look it up. But then it stopped. And so... What do you think? Do you think that, you know, is it is it the the old adage that this isn't of God, right? This was a this was a man, this was just a a, a long time praise and prayer celebration and not, you know, acts of worship and not really revival? Or do you think that this is what God wanted and that revival was going there and, and once we interfered, blocked the spirit, however you want to call it, once we interfered, do you think that killed it? You think God killed it because we weren't obedient to what he laid forth there? Yeah, I think that that's it's Wilmore, Kentucky, by the way. Okay. Um, I think that's a valid question. Uh, and I think if I had to to answer that, you know, obviously I don't know because I wasn't there. Um, but I tend to lean toward man killed it. Um. I tend to like, because if you look like, you know, in the Old Testament, they're like, you know, we got to build, we got to build this tabernacle, we got to build this church, and this can be God's room, you know, this room, and God never wanted a church building, right? He wanted to dwell with his people. But we had to, like we so often do, we, we had to put God in a box. And then God was like, all right, well, I guess we'll do it this way, but it cut so much off. Right. And so I think that, you know, God is moving and he was there. And I I think it was clear that God was moving based on what I saw. 
Right. Based on what I've saw, and, and I, I don't have, I've had some secondhand testimony for some folks I know that had relatives that drove from Waco down there. Um, and then, of course, then there was sort of, I don't know if it's still going on at these other campuses, but there was a little bit of a uh, a revival going on, or at least the beginnings of one at Baylor in Waco. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just, you know, so you, you said, like, we put God in a box, but what if what if God wanted that? room right that that's what i'm saying that chapel and he didn't want the big grandiose thing like he didn't want you know david rebuilding the temple for him no that's that's what i'm getting at like we to be such a smart species and i say that laughing because i watch a lot of fail videos and there's not a lot of smart things going on but to be such a, a smart and advanced species that we think we are i think we're really stupid because I think in all all that I saw and read for the most part, I think it was very much a real God God breathed thing. I think it was, you know, some big names wanted to come be a part of it and they were like, nope. Yeah. God's running this. I don't need your help. Right? We don't want this to turn into a big look at us. We want this to turn into a big look at God. And so like the Stephen Furtick's of the world and the uh Rick Warren's and and Evelation or whatever their name is. Um, you know, that those bands and, and pastors, they're like, no, no, you stay away. God is driving this ship. And I think that's what God wanted. I think that finally people were starting to wake up and see that like, you know, this is it. This is what it should be. And then when we wanted to move it into this off campus, off site almost out of sight, out of mind type deal where things could go back to normal. Sometimes things don't need to go back to normal. Right? How many times in our lives, and I'm stepping on my own toes real hard here, how many times do we kind of push God out of sight, out of mind? Right? It's not Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. It's a Tuesday, right? Um and we're with our coworkers or a group of people and, and God is the farthest thing from our mind. And you can tell that from our conversations. Uh, you can tell that from our actions and our thoughts. Um, and so like we, we push God out of sight, out of mind. And I think sometimes he, well, I know all the time he doesn't want to be out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but I think he wants it at a grassroots level to, you know, to use the, political terminology i think that he wants the like he wanted that room that that was specifically chosen for for a reason yeah i think he wants our you know i mean it's not even i think i mean we know this we see this throughout scripture right he wants our hearts he never cared about the sacrifices yep. any of that stuff he wanted their hearts the hearts of the israelites and i think that if this was the small room that he wanted then don't don't go and say well if we make it bigger and we can have more people at one time, it'll be better. I mean, if those folks were moved to stand in line for four hours yeah, or five hours, then so be it. Like, let them stay in line. So I haven't checked. I mean, it is, I mean, obviously, mainstream media didn't pick up much on this. I only saw really one, one sort of pseudo mainstream 
media story about the revival and you know it, it, and i haven't looked at the other campuses that it spread to if it's still going on or if it's if it's just gone completely but i think there's a real hunger for it and i think that you know you and i talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, off the air but basically like can we even see it? you know like so this revival do we you know i, I think that the tribe I run with, a lot of those guys are, are going to be the naysayers. Are be like, I was never from God because it couldn't be a true revival because it's a Wesleyan college. Um, no, I think it wouldn't matter. God, God can do that anywhere. I mean, Lord knows there's a little bit of it going on at Baylor, but Baylor has been so removed as a, you know, a Baptist or Christian college for so long ago. Like, it, it, it can't even. It has no, no moniker for that at all anymore. But I do think that, you know, we put our hand in it and and the same way that we think we're doing good for God, whether we have whether we're, you know, our our faults are indirect or direct, you know, even when we think we're doing good, if we're not. If we're not seeking him, if we're not using his discernment, if we're not seeking his counsel through prayer, we're just we're just mucking it up. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like, and this analogy is more for the guys than it is the ladies. And, you know, you you want to get your, your girlfriend, your wife, you want to get her this big, extravagant gift. And when you figure out you can't get her this big, exa- exaggerant gift, um, you kind of freak out and then you muck up the whole process, right? You screw everything up. And you're like, honey, I know that that you deserve better than this. And I wanted to do this and I couldn't. So then it became this. And the whole time she's like, the size of the ring doesn't matter. You know, the the amount of money you spend on the gift doesn't matter. It's about where it's coming from. Um, and I think that's where God's at. Like the size of the, the event. <laughs> the the size of the crowd did not matter i think that god would have been just as much a part of that if it was 50 kids instead of the thousands yeah and i think revival's nameless faceless doesn't need the rock stars whether literal rock star musicians or pastors and i just want to say this you mucked up the gift for your wife because you didn't go to saint gagano armory and buy her something nice nailed it now, that was a good one. I am a radio professional. Look, so uh, I'm going to probably get, get the look for this later. But when me and Dr. Wife were dating, and I made the joke and the mistake of saying, you know, like, how big of a ring do you want? Like, we hadn't really talked about being engaged. Now, we didn't date long before we were engaged, but we definitely weren't really talking about it. And she says in the most straight face ever, I want the biggest rock you can find. I want to have to own a crane to hold my hand up. It's so big. But she didn't say it with a smirk. Like she said it with a straight. Because for those of you that don't know Dr. Wife, like the sarcasm in my house is strong. It runs she, deep. And she she is more sarcastic than I am. Um, she's pulled a knife on Chad. <laughs> But when she said that with a straight face, I thought to myself, I can't afford to be with this woman. <laughs> I can't afford to be with her. And I'm gonna I'm really gonna screw this thing up. So 
Yeah, but again, it's it's not about the size or the the extravagant nature of it. Like he wants your heart, right? And and that's the easiest and the hardest thing you can give is your heart. One well, I think a good example is right. We both we both spend time preaching Sunday night, some Sunday mornings, but Sunday night services at this itty bitty Hymera Baptist Church in Hymera, Indiana, right? Average average attendance about 15, youngest members 55. Um, most churches would have written these folks off, um, but faithful. Oh, my goodness. Faithful, man. not only to the Lord, but to their community. Still had hope that, you know, that, that family was going to come in on a Sunday. And, and the truth is, sure— yeah, the Lord could have led anybody there. But, I mean, the reality is nobody was going to Hymera, Indiana. Like, it wasn't like families. You, if you moved to Hymera, Indiana, it's because, you know, a relative died and you got their house dirt cheap or you had to go take care of a, a relative going in a hospice or something like that, right? There's not right. a lot of folks moving to Hymera. No, because you moved to Terre Haute, you moved to Vincennes, you moved to Indianapolis, um, but not not Hymera. But man, the so I remember talking. Ironically, her name is Faitha, mm -hmm. the matriarch of that church. Yep, I remember talking to her and her husband Carl, um, and just being like, "I will come here every Sunday night if that's what you want." But what are we doing? Why is it that that we're here? Like, are we here because it's ritual? Are we here because we don't have anything better to do? And I can remember her looking at me going, uh, we're here to serve the Lord. And we're here to we're here for the community if somebody needs us. And so I remember asking him, I, you came to our house for the Super Bowl one year. Uh -huh. Leave to go preach. To go preach. Hymera. And I had, I had canceled youth group. Yep. Youth group. And they uh, liked football. They were football fans. Oh, yeah, they were. And I was, and so I remember asking them, like, why didn't you cancel on Super Bowl? Well, what if somebody needed us? And she, and, and I said, well, that's a good point. And she goes, and the Lord didn't cancel for football. <laughs> I said, well, let me check my heart. But just, just a, a faithful community there. I mean, little bitty church, oldest Southern Baptist church in Indiana. It used to be a bar back in the in the nineteenth century. That the the actual sanctuary was the was the bar, and and just I'll tell you this: every time I walked in to that building, besides it being a hundred and fifteen degrees, no matter what time of year it was, you felt the spirit. Absolutely. You know what's. I always thought about walking into that church uh, was holy ground. Mm -hmm. We are standing on holy ground, and I know that your presence is all around. Like I, I remember singing that song as a kid and being like, "I wonder what this means," because I've been in churches where you don't feel that. Uh, and then you go to High Mare, and you're like, "This is it." Well, and I think that's the point, right? God, God's going to look at that church. I mean, I think we'd look at that church and be like, "Oh, this church is on a hospice." Mm -hmm. um, and it may but God, 
but God's looking at that church and they're still serving the town. They, they have community meals. They, and, and I think that if, if revival came to a little bitty town, like Hymera, Indiana, everybody like, well, what the heck's it doing here? Why is it in the big city? Or, you know, and, you know, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to speak about my own tribe. Send would come in and say, no, 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 no. It can't be here. We need to take this to Indianapolis. One of our big new, New replanted new churches um but i i do think you know i think indirectly too right i'm sure i'm sure that the the leadership at asbury university had good intentions you know I, i mean i'm sure they have to protect the student body and and they're still running a university even though they are christian but i think about uzza in the bible Right when they when they're bringing the ark back and they they disobeyed the rules there were specific rules how to bring back the ark and they put it on the cart and the oxen trip and it's gonna fall and he wanted to stop it from falling to the ground and what God do to him wiped him out because he laid his hands on it because he wasn't supposed to because you know we're filthy we're filthier than a dirty ground and the ark would have been better off hitting the ground than touching us. And, and I think that we don't see that, you know, and and I'm sure, like I said, Asbury probably had good intentions, but if this truly, I'm not going to be the one to say that it wasn't a God, because I do think that we, we intervene a lot, you know, and we basically live our lives. Like, here's my blueprints, God, put the rubber stamp on them. Okay. And that's it. That's our prayer life. Do this for me, God, line this up. Because we're selfish. Mm-hmm. We want the Burger King religion. You can't have it your way. I have it my way. Sandy, so I got I got one more topic that we talked about a little bit in our in our very abundant pre-show prep this week. Um, recently, where I live, um, East San Francisco, Colorado. Uh, Nearby, there was a uh, a canine officer, a dog, who served a, a county sheriff's office here who was killed in the line of duty. He was shot by somebody they were trying to apprehend. And I remember watching it. It happened overnight. And, and so, like, the, the morning news, I'm drinking coffee and watching it. And it really moved me because I did see that, you know, when they, they took the dog's body and, and just like they would uh, any police officer – they they draped they draped a flag over you know whatever the uh, casket or whatever his remains were in, and they did the whole you know they had the whole motorcade coming down the highway you know all the other police uh, departments and jurisdictions that responded they all had the motorcade with the lights going as they brought him they brought his remains to wherever they brought them and I and I actually almost cried a little like my te- my eyes welled up I'm like oh this is this is good. I, I, I've, I've known, uh, I, I knew somebody who's died, but he was a canine officer, you know, and that dog came home with him every day. That dog lived with his family. It was a member of his family besides it being his partner when he went to work every day. Um, but they had a memorial service for the dog this past week. And, and again, I'm going to say this, I, I, with the state I live in in Colorado, I think in some states and maybe where you're at, the 
killing a, a canine officer, killing the dog um, would result in the same penalties as if you killed a human police officer. Um, where I live, uh, dogs are property. So th this person's charges are, are a lot less than they would have been in other states. But they had a memorial service for this dog. And, and in all honesty, I have no problem. There were plenty of venues that they could have gotten where they are, where, where this where this happened, where they could have had a public celebration for this dog service to the community. And I wouldn't have had an issue with it at all, except this occurred in a church. They had a funeral for the dog in a church, um, a fairly well-known church out here in one of their campuses that was simulcast and streamed all over. And, and again, like I, in a secular venue, I wouldn't have had a problem with a celebration for the dog. And, but I, now I'll say this, that even if they did it at a convention center or a school or, or a stadium and they had a, a pastor come and, and preach a funeral sermon, I'd probably have an issue with that. Now I, I I've used scripture to console church members when they've lost a pet. I don't have a problem with that. Pets are, you know, they're important parts of our lives. I love dogs. Um, not sure if, if dogs go to, if all dogs go to heaven, but I definitely know where cats go. Shout out. Um, so. Am I wrong? I, I, I think I've been accused lately of being a uh, pharisaical fundamentalist. I'm, I mean, it's probably just because I'm a Calvinist, but That'd am I wrong? Um, well, so let's take Joe Thorne's approach. <laughs> right. Um, I, I'm a few episodes behind on his podcast. Shout out uh, Doctrine and Devotion. Uh, but towards the end of one of their more recent podcasts, somebody asked, you know, do dogs, do your pets go to heaven? Um, and he, you know, his, his dad had just died. He was hungry. And, you know, you're not yourself and you're hungry. Uh, so he made the joke that, no, your dog's in hell. Like, it's it's hot where he's going. Um, and I just thought that was so unfunnily funny, right? Um, but I don't see in Scripture where pets... Don't look at me like that, Cedar. Don't, don't even do it. She just shot me this look. Uh, that I don't see in scripture where pets go to heaven. I could be wrong. And if I am, I, I'm happy. I'd love to be wrong because Cedar right now, she's my, that's my girl, right? She's my buddy. Um, and so I would love to see her on the other side. Um, you know, I had a childhood dog who was, who was killed by a hunter because he got mad. Would love to see Roscoe. Right. I just don't see where where it's at. Oh, me too. But I, yeah, it's not there. There's no basis for it in scripture. A religious based celebration of life uh, for a dog. I don't know that that's right. Um, if it's just a celebration of life, sure. Uh, but to be in a a church setting. I don't know that it's right. I don't know that it's wrong either. Well, then I say this, like, Scripture doesn't really lay out for us what a funeral looks like. Right. Now, I think I think it, it pushes burial a lot, right? It does say you need to be buried, and, and Paul um, Paul did say he, you know, didn't want to be burned. 
Um, so, I mean, that could be the argument for, you know, don't do cremation or anything like that. But there's not a whole, there aren't any rules except that I think as believers, we should be compelled to go, right? Jesus went to funerals. He went to two, um, you know, and, or, you know, you could call it a memorial service, whatever you want to call it. But Jesus went to two and then performed miracles out. What are you mocking me? Oh, I said he brought one back. He, well, he brought two, right? Because he went to the funeral and raised a little girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's not a whole lot of rules of what that's supposed to look like. But, I mean, the same thing. I would have an issue with somebody having dog weddings. Like, I'll tell you this. The, the, the famous Supreme Court case about the baker here in Colorado who wouldn't make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple um, before we even had civil unions in Colorado. Um, I, I was always against him being that case. I think you're entitled to religious freedom, religious liberty, but it was well-documented that he made dog wedding cakes. And I'm like, I don't think your allegiance, your obedience to God is your argument in this, because if you can... Weddings are acts of worship. And if you said, I, I can't make a, a wedding cake for a same-sex couple, but I can make a wedding cake for dogs, for a dog wedding, like, what's up with that? So I, I think the same way about the funeral. Like, I don't see this as being godly. No, I, absolutely. And so I want to I want to end this topic on a funny note, okay? I'm not... I'm going to kind of bring us home with this story, if you will. So we have a mutual friend um, who started off as a youth pastor uh, and did good things. The youth pastor has done great things since leaving uh, the youth pastor position. But like so many of us, he was having an off night, right? So I can, I can remember many times getting up to preach and I just... I feel off. My mood is, is, you know, my heart's in it, but my emotions aren't or something like that. You know, something's happened and I'm trying to deal with it and process, but I'm trying to do what God has called me to do. And when we get like that, sometimes the right words don't come out and sometimes pride takes over. And so this student asked this youth pastor and all of her, her cohort in the, in the group, Hey, could you pray for my horse? Uh, he died tonight or today. And our friend looks at the little girl and goes, no, we're not praying for your horse. Like, it's just no. And the little girl goes, well, and I say little, she's eighth grade freshman in high school. Uh, she says, but my, but you have to pray for her because she's in heaven. And he says, no. No, I don't think it is. Like that's that's not what scripture teaches us. And she said, Well, my grandma and she didn't have the nicest tone either. Like she's challenging him. And instead of realizing you're an adult, she's a child, let's back sure. away. Um, he did the exact opposite. And she, like, in a very aggressive tone, goes, But my grandma said my horse is in heaven. And he bit back and said, well, grandma got her theology wrong. The only place your horse is going is the glue factory. Oh, gosh. And 
<laughs> I was having a really bad morning. I, I, my, my lesson for the little kids went a little haywire. Um, and I just, I felt horrible about it. And so he told me that story to cheer me up and was like, look, sometimes it happens. And that story has stuck with me more than a lot of other things. Um, and so whether you believe, you know, animals go to heaven, uh, I think there will be animals in heaven. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know it's, if it's like we like we think they are. No, I, I mean, I, as, my, as nice it would be, Roscoe's not running over a hill coming to meet you when you get to heaven. Walker's not, Walker's not going to be running over a hill coming to meet me when I get to heaven. Seniors are going to be sitting at the gate waiting on me. Um, but no, like whether you believe it or not, like that's that's for you to suss out. Um, I just I challenge you: don't let your personal feelings get in the way because, like all scriptural scriptorial issues, uh, it matters what the scripture says. It does not matter what you feel. So with that. To bring it home, my friend. Wait, you told me that Dr. Wife had an opinion on the dog funeral. Oh, I did, yeah. What is it? Essentially, I'm going to paraphrase because I've forgotten that I was going to tell this story. And really, now you've put me on the spot. So Dr. Wife said, did it happen? I've been waiting all night for this. Did it happen in his church? And I said, no. And then she goes, then who cares? Be quiet. <laughs> She's not wrong. That's, that's exactly. That's it. That's where it's at. <laughs> so that's the last <laughs> word. Who cares? Be quiet. I think that's a good way to go out. Who cares? Be quiet. Quiet. Go into Huddle House. So, I, I just want to reiterate again, and it's not just the animal issue. Uh, it's scripture in general. Like this would be the last uh, non goodbye words that I say. Um, scripture in general, it it doesn't matter what I feel about the scripture or what I think it says. Um, it doesn't matter what you feel and think. It doesn't matter what the listeners here feel and think. It matters what it says. Um, you know, our feelings. That's when we start putting our feelings in scripture. Uh, that's when we start interpreting scripture wrong. Uh, and that's mm. where we got divided on so many issues. Issues like female pastors. Issues like, is there a hell? Issues like, how do we get to heaven? Uh, all that stuff. So I just challenge you, as you read it, take your feelings out of it. Take your political views out of it. And dive into what it actually says. I'm going to paraphrase R.C. Sprawl here, but I believe it was, uh, it's maybe out of context, but I think he was talking about when worship leaders or, or people at church, they get up in the morning, and what's the first thing they tell you? Like, how y'all doing out there? How y'all feeling? And he's like, I feel rotten. How do you think I feel? <laughs> Nailed it. Well, Andy, been another good good conversation with you absolutely remember if you need to reach out to us you could pick an nfl team for me hashtag chad needs a team and we're on twitter 
Our Twitter handle is at hillhipsterpod. Um, you can email us, hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the fine merchandise at St. Galgano Armory. It's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And you can find them on, on Twitter and Instagram at St. Galgano Armory. Last word, brother. Let's go to the Huddle House. I'll see you there. There's uh, one outside Atlanta. There's one up the road. <laughs> All right, guys. Be good. We love you. Be blessed.